Hey there, and welcome to the Money Malpractice Podcast, where we dive into the most important questions and strategies that physicians face when it comes to their money. Today, we're going to be discussing disability insurance, what it is, why it's important, and specifically how you can take advantage of special programs designed specifically for physicians. But first, let me emphasize that this podcast is designed to be educational in nature. However, it is strictly for your entertainment purposes only. So please contact your financial advisor to discuss any of the ideas or strategies mentioned today before acting on them. If you do not have a fiduciary financial advisor, I invite you to reach out to me for a complimentary financial evaluation, and I'll see if I might be able to help you get started down your road to financial freedom. So with that out of the way, and without any further ado, let's jump in and get started with Episode 7 of the Money Malpractice Podcast. All right, so we're going to start our conversation off today with thinking about the day that you have finally earned that paycheck as an attending physician. And it may not have come yet for you, but it could be in the near future, or maybe it has happened recently where you finally made that transition into uh, attending status. And you think about the salary that you now make, your annual income, and how much that is a part of the entire picture of what you've been working for during all of your training years. You've you finally got that income. And so now it's time to protect that income. So think about it this way. Let's you know throw a number out there for what your income may be on an annual basis. Let's use $250,000. You may make a little less than that. You may make more than that. But let's just use that for a nice round number. If you work for, let's say, 40 years, Without any raises, mind you, when we do this calculation, if you were to work for 40 years making $250,000, that would be $10 million of income over the course of those 40 years. Now, let me ask you this. Is there anything that you own currently that is worth $10 million? If so, you probably don't need to listen to this podcast because you're in uh, pretty good financial shape. But most of us, don't have $10 million sitting on the side somewhere. They don't have an asset worth $10 million, but you do have your income. And that is the most important asset that you own. And that's what we need to put a perspective on for our conversation today is that we need to make sure that we are protecting that income just like we protect other things. When we talk about life insurance or health insurance, we insure our cars, we insure our toys, we insure our, our house, Almost everything that we have that has any significance, we insure it. But why then do so many physicians fail to insure against their future income? And what I'm talking about today is disability. If you were ever to become disabled where you would not be able to work anymore, what would happen to your income? Most likely, it would go away because you would no longer be able to continue working as a physician. And that's got to be scary. You're talking about $10 million of future earnings just going away. What would you do if that were to happen? Some of you might be able to go work at a different job that requires less maybe mental cognition or maybe uh, less um, physical skills, that a skill set that might be included. I'm thinking people like surgeons or something that lost use of their hands or um, something along those lines. But But even so... 
you're never going to be able to replace all your income doing something else. And you're going to be faced with a, a lifetime of, of financial hardship potentially because of that scenario. So why not protect against it? And that's why we're going to be talking today about disability income insurance and specifically disability income insurance for physicians. All right, disability income insurance, uh, oftentimes just shortened to DI. All right, so if you hear me say DI today, I'm just talking about the insurance itself. DI is designed to replace a majority of your income if you become disabled. And so it's like most insurance products where you don't want it, you don't, you hope you never need it, but if you don't have it when you need it, it could turn into a real bad situation very quickly. So um, we we want to make sure that we understand what it is in order for us to know whether we need it or not. I would say most people probably should have it, but there are certain situations where you might not need a DI policy. Um, but to get our conversation started today, I want to talk about a few facts. These are provided to us by Guardian, who is an insurance, a DI insurance provider that specifically has programs for young physicians. And so they do a great job and I work with them a lot. Um, but here's some statistics that they passed along to me. One out of four people will become disabled over the course of their working lives. That's amazing to me. One out of four people will become disabled over the course of their working lives, which means age 20 to age 65, anywhere in that range, 25% of people are getting are, are going to be faced with some sort of disability where they can no longer work for it could it might not be permanently but it, for a, a significant period of time they can't work another statistic 90% of disabilities are caused by illness where only 10% are caused by accidents or injury and this kind of puts in perspective where we feel like we've got control over the risks that we take in life in terms of not putting ourselves in dangerous situations. We wear our seatbelt, we don't smoke, things like that. Um, but still, 90% of disabilities are caused by the illnesses, the unforeseen things that we feel like we probably don't have a lot of control over. These are things like cancers and strokes and um, other diseases that could pop up, MS, things like that. And the average duration of a long-term disability is 2.6 years. So this is a period of time where you're not allowed, you're not able to work. So for 2.6 years, two and a half years, we'll call it, you're not able to take an income. What would you be able to do if you weren't able to pull an income for the next two and a half years? And this is an average. Obviously, it could be a permanent disability or it could be shorter than two and a half years. But one out of four people will become disabled over the course of their working lives. And that is an amazing statistic to me. So... When we start thinking about the possibility of actually becoming disabled, then it makes the conversation of insuring against that a little bit more palatable. And so the first thing we need to do is understand how disability income insurance works. So the first thing I would say is unlike life insurance, where when you pass away, you no longer have your debts in, in theory, you know, especially um, federal student debts, by the way, which go away when you pass away, you no longer have your bills. You no longer have your expenses. Now your family might be left with those, but that's why you get a life insurance policy with disability. Your debts don't go away. If you can't work, your bills don't go away necessarily. Your expenses don't go away. In fact, your expenses might increase if you have additional 
expenses that come along with your disability. So we know that those things are going to stick around. So how do we protect against them? Well, a disability insurance policy or a DI policy will replace about 70 to 80% of your take-home pay. And each, each insurer is a little bit different with how they calculate that. But at the end of the day, they will replace up to, we'll call it 80% of your income. Now, most people, most employers provide some sort of disability policy. It's a group policy. It's provided to you by your employer, and it will replace a portion of your income if you become disabled. Not all employers have it. Some employers also have uh, limitations for how long you can get paid out. Sometimes it's only three years that you could get long-term disability payouts, and then after that, you're done. Other employers have policies where you're essentially discriminated against if you're a higher income, which you would be, where they have a cap for how much they'll pay you, even if your income is significantly higher than what that benefit will be. And so essentially in either case, there's going to be a gap because the most that they're going to pay is 60% of your income. And by the way, that's going to get taxed because it's an employer benefit to you you have to pay taxes on that income. Whereas if you have a private policy that you pay for yourself, you don't have to pay taxes on the income that you receive. And so essentially we can run the numbers to see what this is going to look like. Let's again, use that $250,000 salary um, as our baseline here. And let's say you've got an employer benefit. That's a 60% income replacement. So from your income then would go from 250000 to 150000 Then you got to take your taxes off there because you've got to pay taxes. So at 150000 just punch in that number into a tax calculator. tells us that we're going to pay about $38,000 of income taxes on that, uh, plus or minus what it may be in your state when you add your state income tax onto that. So your actual income replacement is only going to be about $112,000 from your policy. That's assuming that you're not capped. So you go from $250,000 now to only $112,000 that you'll be making. So in using this example, to be able to get our income back up to that 80% replacement threshold, which would be about $200,000, we now have a gap between $200,000 and $112,000 of $88,000 that we could replace if we had a DI policy in place. And so that's essentially what the DI policy is going to do. It's gonna replace the income gap between whatever your employer provides to you through their policy and the maximum replacement that you would get, say in our example, about 80% of, of your original salary. So now we're looking at $88,000 a year that would get replaced by your policy if you were to become disabled. That's about $7,500 a month. Now, over the course of, let's say, it's a permanent disability and you get paid out for 30 years on that at $7,500 a month, that comes out to a $2.5 million payout. And again, this is not even, uh, we talked about $10 million of salary that you would make or roughly over the course of that time, um, you're you're going to replace about a quarter of that potentially with your DI policy. 
And so we think about how scary that would be to not have that income on a monthly basis and what that would do to your standard of living, your financial goals, and everything in between. It becomes kind of scary. So in my opinion, DI is a great option for some peace of mind to replace your income if something were to happen. Now, the cool thing is that we actually have special policies for physicians and specifically even for residents who might not have that income yet, but the insurer knows that you will eventually get that income because you've already made it to residency and what resident doesn't make it to through residency and become an attending physician, right? So they're, they're going to assume that that's the case and they're going to provide you a benefit that's actually going to be well in excess of what your resident's salary is because they're going to base that benefit off from your potential salary as an intending physician. And so you can actually get, in the case of Guardian, they will provide up to $7,500 per month benefit to residents um, which is way more than you make in a residency, by the way, they can provide that benefit to you if you're in your last year of residency. And so that's a pretty cool thing. And also the sooner you get that policy in place, the, the smaller the premiums will be or the cheaper the policy will be, just like life insurance. The younger you are, the more healthy you are, the cheaper it's going to be for you. And so the other cool thing that they do with physicians is it, not only do they have policies that are for physicians, but they actually have them specific to your specialty. And what's important here is, and this varies, and this is why it's so important to know uh, and have a professional working with you who understands DI policies, the definition of being disabled is a huge difference from policy to policy, from company to company. We have to make sure that we understand what our policy defines the, the term disabled as. And so in a, in a specialty specific, and we call this an own occupation policy, so it's, it's going to ensure you against not being able to participate in your own occupation. So as a doctor, just because you could go flop whoppers at, at Burger King doesn't mean that um, you're not disabled. And so to, for some definitions of the term disabled, just because you can go flop whoppers, they're gonna tell you, no, see, you can work, you're not disabled. But we know that we need to have a high cognitive level to be a physician, and we also probably, depending on our specialty, have need, need to have some sort of uh, you know, physical aspect. You know, We need to be able to get up and move around, we need to be able to use our hands, um, some of these things would be very difficult if we had, say, lost use of our hands. Imagine doing your job without the use of your hands, or if maybe if you were in a wheelchair, something along those lines that could have been caused by some sort of disability. And so we want to make sure that we have a, a specialty-specific own occupation policy that defines being disabled as no longer being able to work inside of our specialty. So let me give you an example. If we had a policy where a, let's say you're, you're a physician, you suffer a stroke and you're no longer able to practice medicine, even if you lost your job, your policy might not consider you to be disabled if you could go flop whoppers at, at Burger King. But 
on the other hand, if you had a policy that was set up in that manner, you could be, let's say, use the example of a laborist. All she does is deliver babies, but she had an accident and lost use of her hands. If she had a specialty-specific own occupation DI policy, she could get a payout from that policy even if she could no longer work as a laborist but go on and, and work as a gynecologist. So even though she goes and takes income as a gynecologist working full-time, doing a good job, she still can get a payout because she's no longer able to work as a laborist. And so you can see that the even in the the slightest differences of specialties, if your policy is set up that way, it's going to be a benefit for you. And we need to make sure that we understand that before we dive into what kind of policies we're going to be be talking about. And so with all those things in place, and when I talk about the the benefit that you could receive from a policy combined with the likelihood of you becoming disabled. Remember that one in four people will become disabled between age 20 and 65 where they cannot take an income during that time. That's a high probability of becoming disabled. From an insurance standpoint, that means they have to charge more for a premium in order to pay out when they know they're going to have to pay out in all of these scenarios, you know, one out of four times, they're going to have to pay out on the policy at some point in time. So what I'm alluding to then is the downside of the DI policies, which is that they can actually get pretty expensive. They can seem expensive because we know what that benefit is. Um, and, and when we compare them to our other insurance products that like a life insurance or uh, maybe our auto insurance, something like that, it seems like it's pretty expensive. And it is expensive. It's a it's certainly a financial commitment to sign up for a DI policy. But like all things, and this is where a financial planner will come in and help you with the conversation. But in with the all insurance policies, we need to weigh the cost of that policy versus the cost of not having that policy if something were to transpire where It'd be potentially catastrophic, you know, financial loss if we were to become disabled permanently and could no longer work as a physician. All that income goes away. That's pretty scary too. So, is it worth it to have the policy or not? That's is on a case by case basis. But having a fiduciary financial planner working alongside of you to make that decision is always a benefit. In in uh, in addition to all of that, we also have these policy options that we need to understand. So like all insurance policies, we have all kinds of options that are in riders that we can add on to them. So the downside of these is that it can be overwhelming. We don't quite understand all the things. We don't know whether they're worth the extra cost to add these benefits onto our policies. Are they gimmicks or are they actually things that we could use? Like always, using a financial planner to help you review your options is going to work best for you within your planning strategy. And if you do not have a relationship with a financial advisor at this point, go ahead and shoot me an email, um, info, I-N-F-O, at physiciansfd.com. That's our website for Physicians Financial Design. You can shoot me an email and we can sign you up for a free conversation. We'll just walk through it together and see what you're thinking and and um, give you some peace of mind, hopefully, 
in determining whether this is going to protect you or whether you maybe don't need a DI policy. So just to review real quickly, the pros of the policy is that it's going to replace your income if you become disabled and you can't work. Some insurers are going to offer special benefits for, for physicians. And this is what we talked about. Um, things like uh, added student loan repayment benefits. You can have specialty-specific disability coverage, which we talked about in length. Very important. And you can potentially provide a lifetime of income if your disability is, is permanent. So those are important things, and those are the main reasons why we would sign up for a DI policy in the first place. But we got to remember also that DI is generally going to feel like it's pretty expensive, and um, there are many different options available to you, so that part can seem overwhelming. And another little bullet point here that we need to understand is that women will actually pay more in premiums than men. And the reason being there is simply statistically. Everything, obviously, within insurance goes back to statistics. And so, statistically speaking, women are more likely to become disabled and have to draw a benefit from their policy, and that's why they will pay more. So that's a disadvantage if you are a female, obviously. So wrapping up today then, I know it's going to be a difficult commitment once we obviously we would need to get a quote you need to understand what you're signing up for what you um, need to potentially insure against but as a young physician it may be tough to commit the funds to cover this scenario but a disability income insurance policy is the only answer that will supplement your employer sponsored coverage and so if you need to replace your income in the event of an unforeseen disability, this is the only way to do it. And I highly recommend that all physicians who can't afford to live on less than half of their annual income learn more at least and, and discover your options about a disability income insurance. So you may think you can't afford it, but in my opinion, most young physicians really can't afford to be without it. And with the special programs that are designed for physicians in residency or fresh out of residency, it may actually be more affordable than you think, and it may be something that you should seriously consider. Well, that about wraps up our episode today of the Money Mail Practice Podcast. I do want to remind all our listeners that this podcast is designed to be educational in nature, but is strictly for your entertainment purposes only. So, please contact your financial advisor to discuss any of the ideas or strategies mentioned today before acting on them. If you do not have a fiduciary financial advisor, I invite you to reach out to me for a complimentary financial evaluation, and I'll see if I might be able to help you get started down your road to financial freedom. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, keep saving lives and keep saving money. <laughs>